Welcome to the Georgia 2024 show. Uh, wow, we've got a packed show today. We've got Mallory Staples to give us an update on what's going on in the legislative arena under the Gold Dome. Uh, we may have had a win on House Bill 520, but uh, we'll discuss that. Bill Quinn is going to join us at some point, as usual, to talk about uh, everything going on in Georgia. But we've got a couple of really special guests. Uh, we just had a, a fantastic event out in Colorado Springs Friday night, uh, for, focusing on the attack that's happening to our military. So we want to uh, bring in one of the people we met through that event because Colorado needs help, but also what is going on in Colorado may come to Georgia. So we're going to talk about the gun grabs in Colorado with Representative Brandy Bradley, who is a GOP rep, state rep, and uh, what's happening in the tyranny that's going on in Colorado, because people need to know about it in Georgia. And also to that effect, we have Chris Gleason, who is an election integrity activist in Florida, but has just been part of a massive lawsuit filed in Maryland, which is going to spread as a RICO lawsuit across the nation and possibly including Georgia and Florida. So, again, we want to tell you what's going on elsewhere because the patterns are repeating across the country. Speaking of our event on Friday night with armedforces.press, we we really just blew it out of the park. Uh, if you have somebody in the military or uh, in your family or you want to know what's happening to our soldiers or you're a vet, I would highly recommend you go to armedforces.press forward slash event and check out the live stream. Uh, cost a few bucks because we had massive expenses for this event, but it is extremely worth it. The comments we got afterwards were phenomenal. I didn't know what I didn't know. If you want to know what's happening to our military the, what DOD is doing to our soldiers. You can't really combat it if you don't know what's happening. So the event was uh, fantastic. The panel included Tig Tigan, who was in Benghazi. It included uh, just a, a really fantastic group of people talking about what's happening to our military. I'm waiting on uh, Mallory to come in, uh, but we're brought to you by the Georgia Record today. And uh, as always, please go to the Georgia Record, support us with our no-ad subscriptions. You get access to all of CD Media's content all around the world. And uh, so please check us out there. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. So tell us what's going on. Did we beat 520 or not? We are being told that we beat 520. Um, only, please everybody know, only for it to come back next session. Right. But it looks as though it's dead. I will have to say, Todd, we have um, continued to remain vigilant with our calls and our emails. We will be at the Capitol grassroots Monday and Wednesday. Uh -huh. All of the supporters of the Freedom Caucus will be there just in case um, they really have to. To say go the extra mile is putting it mildly. They would have to, on the floor of the Senate, move to suspend the rules completely and bring it mm -hmm. to a vote. It would be. It would be a very major thing to have that done. And so we've, we've been assured that 520 is dead. So it could happen, but not likely. Uh, but yes. we're still being vigilant is what you're saying. Yes. Yes, we are. We're not letting up at all. Do, do you think the public pressure obviously had an impact on, on this outcome? Oh, I do. I do. I absolutely do. We um, continue to get feedback from legislators saying, what is going on? I have gotten four and 500 phone calls today. Wow. over this bill. So I, I just applaud all of um, the Georgia Freedom Caucus supporters and our coalition partners. It, it was it was stunning. It was very impressive. And it wasn't just the emails and the phone calls. They came down to the Capitol. They met their representatives at the ropes, spoke to them, went to their offices. Uh, we had several rallies. I mean, they just absolutely showed up. And I don't know how you feel, but I'm seeing all over the state regular everyday citizens engage in a way that they haven't because you cannot ignore at this point with the political climate, the hostility towards the right, mm -hmm. you, you can't deny it. And when policies hit home and show up in people's houses, um, they, they're engaged. And I know conservatives traditionally, and I, I admire it, are self-sufficient and like to be left alone. But that day has passed. We are at a point in history and in our nation where we have to engage. And I think that message is coming across and people are willing to take a half day off work 
and come down to the Capitol to take 15 minutes in the morning and make a bunch of phone calls. And the more they do it, the more empowered they feel uh, the next day. Because we've asked that people do it every single day. It's not a, hey, today we need everybody to call. It's we need people to call every day. And they're doing it. And it's just... For those of us that are down there on the front line, it's it's such a comfort and an encouragement, and it creates so much more energy to have people step in and show up and join us. It's been amazing. So it seems to me that these people, the legislators, in 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 you know primarily have been used to no media or public accountability. Is that how you feel? And when they they're getting this, they're all of a sudden realizing that. One, you're going to be shamed in the court of public opinion, and two, you're going to lose your job if you don't follow the will of the people. So, I mean, are you see? Do you feel that? Uh, do you feel that happening down there? I do, and I absolutely love it. I mean, in the beginning, there's almost this like incredulous response they have when you speak into what they're doing every day, yeah. because I think there's such a disconnect psychologically with these representatives that they're really down there to do their thing instead of down there to serve the people. And so when the people show up and give them some feedback on their, um, the job they're doing at first, they're absolutely stunned. I think it's unprecedented. And then they very quickly get in step and realize, Oh, okay. And, And I'll take it one step further. It's so important. An educated citizenry is so important because they do. Um, their knee jerk is to peddle like, political speak and Mm -hmm. to not really address the questions, not really provide transparency with their voting records and what they're doing down there. And so when the citizens are like, hey, but how many no votes have you had? And hey, how did you vote on these things? You know, the budget, 520, expanding Medicaid, the TANF, you know, when they start running through these things, they're like, oh my gosh. And so it's just, I think we're just getting started here in Georgia. I really do. I think we're just getting started. And I think it's going to be great. And and you, you said it, they have to lose their job. If they're not doing mm-hmm. a good job, they should not make it back down under the dome after next session. They should lose the honor and privilege of representing the people. If they're not representing the people, they should have to go home. Exactly. And, you know, there's kind of a pincer movement. You're getting it from the top at the gold dome, but also from the bottom at the GOP state and, and county level. And that needs to continue. It's, it's a similar, uh, you know, tactic that they use by reeducating the youth and then, you know, killing the leadership and putting in people they like. So we have to use okay. that same pincer movement and come at them from both sides. So I've been seeing this nationally. Uh, you know, we're yes. active in multiple states in the same pattern as everywhere. And they're using the same tactics. What do you think about, I mean, we're going to have some Colorado uh, people here on shortly, but are, how do you feel about the gun situation in Georgia? Are, are you up on those bills at all? Well, we tried to, um, the, there were several Georgia Freedom Caucus members that um, after speaking with Georgia gun owners, mm-hmm. they said, hey, we need to get a bill put forward and passed right now. The they called it the SAPA bill, Second Amendment Protection Act. That mm-hmm. is, there are SAPA bills in other states, but mm-hmm. to offset the Biden administration's um, pistol brace ban, which would yeah. overnight, literally, once it passes, which I, it's April or May, would be it would go into effect. You know, by the stroke of his pen, and there would be tens of thousands. Of, I think even. I'd have to check my data on the exact number of Americans who would overnight be subject to, um, a, what's the word, um, to breaking the law yeah. and, and would have no idea. So sadly, we tried to, in both chambers, get a SAPAville on the floor and get enough support for it here in Georgia, and we weren't able to do it. Because there what, weren't policy, enough. What's the what's the the gist of that bill? I mean, uh, that Biden. So basically, what that bill. So we can't, as a state, we can't say the veter- federal government can't come into Georgia and ban pistol braces. But mm-hmm. what we can say is we can protect law enforcement here in Georgia that works for the state and serves the mm-hmm. people here from having to carry out what what they see as unconstitutional law against their own mm-hmm. citizens. Yeah. So it created that protection and we couldn't even get it. We couldn't get any, we couldn't get, a, we couldn't get it done, which I think is unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
Yeah, the people have to be held, or the, the reps have to be held accountable. So in Colorado, you know, and this is tied, I think, to the 520 and the mental health bill. They're just coming at it from different ways. They essentially are, are trying to get rid of the guns. And the way they're doing that is through legal processes or mental health or medical red flag laws, et cetera. And in Colorado, they're now passing bills and then doing it in a very tyrannical way where uh, if you are involved in the sales process at all, if you have a gun shop or if you, uh, you know, advertise on your website or whatever in any way, they can come after you legally. So that's people in Georgia right. need to understand that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. Yes. Georgia Gun Owners is an amazing organization. If you um, your listeners aren't familiar with it, um, they need to look them up and, and support them and get behind them because they're really, to me, the lead watchdog group here in Georgia against uh, legislation like that that threatens Second Amendment rights. And this administration has, is unapologetic. They've made it very mm -hmm. clear that that is something that they want to have happen and they will go about it uh, any means that they can. So whether it's these bans or, you know, holding, like you're saying, these shop owners and, and dealers um, liable for, um, you know, what happens on the other side of these sales. But, um, and, and let me just say right now, historically, if they are successful in taking the citizens' guns and they take Second Amendment, I mean, it's a, it's a real quick ride to tyranny from there. Um, so that's something that should be at the forefront of every conservative's um, mind and what they're willing to come down and show up for. Yeah. So what else is on the agenda we, the Georgians need to be aware of that you're concerned about? So on Monday in particular, we need to get pushed across the line and we've put out with our coalition partners a call to action for um, SB 233, which is a school choice bill that um, that it's again, we have a Republican majority from the governor's office on down. You would think this would not be an issue, um, but it is. And there's several Republicans holding that up. So we've we've got that out. We'd love to see that happen on Monday. Uh, we just have Monday in session and then Wednesday is signy die. And those are the last two days of session here in Georgia. So we are watching, obviously, the Senate floor very closely. We will be there in the gallery watching. We've continued to ask people to call about 520 um, to keep that dead, supposedly. And then what we will immediately, once session is convened, we will go to is begin to find, um, assess and find our most conservative representatives and ask them to pick up amendments to the bills like 140 uh, that we was passed, the transgendered bill. We want to strengthen that. We want to strengthen uh, 233 school choice. We have the obscenity bill. We have some bills that great bills that got passed, but they had to be watered down to some degree to get them through. And so we will start immediately looking next session for amendments to those bills to beef them up a little bit and put some more teeth in it. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that by the time this biennium wraps up, we've got some strong, strong bills on all those fronts. So that's what we would ask people to do. Fantastic. So how can people help you, Mallory? Um, where would, can people go? Yes. Well, I'm on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Mallory Staples, you can find me there. Um, my email is Mallory at statefreedomcaucus.org. And I would love for people to send me an email so that I can get them signed up for our newsletter. I send out a newsletter several times a week, call to action. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be doing a post-session, uh, I kind of call it an uh, adult field trip, where we're going to take the grassroots down to the Capitol, and Senator Colton Moore is going to take them out on the Senate floor, uh, our Chairman Charlie Spurred on the House. We're going to show them how, explain how bills work, explain how the process works, get them familiar with the site, it, with the Capitol. It is the people's house. We want them to know how to come down there and feel empowered. So we're going to stay in conversation. And then I will spend um, the next several months traveling all over the state, speaking to grassroots groups, GOPs, Republican women's churches groups. If you have an organization that is, um, you know, civically engaged, and I would love for people to reach out and let me come speak and share about um, the State Freedom Caucus Network, what we're doing across the country and here in Georgia. That would be wonderful. You know, that's really important. You know, I was we were, like I said, we were just out in Colorado and the, and the people there are telling me that the, the public really doesn't understand how to engage at the Capitol. And yes. they, they're people who are angry, but they don't know what to do. Yes. So it's highly critical for people to understand and to make the decision to get involved. Otherwise, your children are going to be really in trouble. So um, thank you, Mallory, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. All right. Take care.
You too. Bye-bye. Uh, with that, I wanted to briefly talk about our no-ad subscriptions, which we tried to go into recently. We have 12 sites now, I think, at last count. We're opening a, a paper in Colorado as we speak uh, to try to influence politics out there. Uh, but you can I know people don't like ads. They don't like it on their phone. They don't like pop-ups. I get comments like that all the time. But we have to make money. Uh, it is a business, and we have to survive financially, and we are being attacked in multiple, multiple ways. We've been deplatformed off 26 channels. We've had cyber attacks. We've had bank accounts wiped. We've had death threats. So please go in and sign up, support us with our no ad subscription. You don't get any ads on any of the sites. You get access to all the sites with no ads uh, and you're helping free media and help save the Republic. So check it out. You can find the links on any of our websites. With that, I'm going to bring in Bill Quinn. Hey, hey, Bill. Hey, good afternoon, Todd. Thanks for coming on and thanks for all your hard work behind the scenes. So uh, did we have a victory this week, Bill? What do you think? I sure hope so. I, I will echo uh, the way that Mallory put it. It's uh, It looks as if it's dead, but it also is one of those things where until um, all is said and done and the lights go off on Wednesday, um, you know, continued vigilance is smart. Um, there are ways that bills can magically, you know, re arise. They could be uh, some of the language could be built into other bills that may still exist. And so um, very much, very much support Mallory and the rest of the team that's going to be down there and watching very closely to make sure that this thing is uh, uh, El Morto. <laughs> there you go. El Muerto, pardon me. So, um, well, real quick, tell us about uh, the growth of the Georgia record. I mean, you're, you're seeing us uh, get very involved in the state uh, and really as a, a, a mouthpiece for a lot of the grassroots movement. Have you seen that uh, grow in, in your I, efforts? I believe so. I mean, there, there's a couple things going on. One is, um, as we kind of foresaw when uh, when this whole thing started, folks needed a central um, point to look look at, look to mm -hmm. um, for updates, maybe sometimes for some guidance and ideas. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be playing out. So um, I'm getting feedback just about daily right now that says, you know, gosh, thanks for posting this. I'm going to go talk to you know, X, Y, Z in another county, they seem to be looking at the same things I am. Um, we had uh, some, I'll call it mischief that seemed to be being played in the midst of these uh, GOP conventions and uh, that needed to be exposed. And um, we did our best to uh, to have that happen. And that magically gets solved uh, to the good of everybody, we hope and, uh, and trust. So yeah. um, we're trying to make sure that it, it's able to reach much of Georgia, I think to um, back to one of the points Mallory made, this is almost all about engagement of the people. What 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 changed 520 to the state that it's now in from, you know, barreling forward at breakneck speed, feedback from people, just not accountability. Yeah. Sunshine, transparency. Exactly. And once people understood and I watched it happen personally with some conversations that I was lucky enough to have with uh, with folks that really didn't know much about the bill. Mm -hmm. But once they did, you could see their face kind of, what's in it? You know, it's going to well, do what? Think of the what? arrogance of a representative who thinks he's going to sneak through a bill where two unknown people can put you in a mental hospital and force you to take drugs yeah. against well, your will. I mean, that is just shocking that they've had that kind of arrogant, you know, thought to begin with. Well, it's an interesting point because the, the change there was that they would then redact the name. So in other words, once, uh, let's say this happened to a kid, mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason, two other people, un unnamed people, decide that there's something wrong with your child and needs to go be evaluated. Well, the problem in that is the under this bill, the original version, the names would have been redacted. So who do you go back and challenge? Right. How do you find out? Oh, that happened to be couple of couple of folks that you know my child had an argument with or I had an argument with and that they, happened to me my ex-husband or ex-wife you know that's exactly right one of the one of the medical folks we were talking to used that exact example they said a woman was unfortunately brought in for med, med, uh, mental health screening um, based on two affidavits um, in the past and it mm -hmm. turns out it's her you know ex-spouse and a friend mm -hmm. and you know then she's in a in between a rock and a hard place I'm yeah. not saying that that happens all the time, but the point is, why would you make it worse? Well, um, over the last three years, what's happened, uh, there's no more benefit of the doubt. I mean, I, I see that as much more nefarious that they're trying to set up 
a way to put people put put troublesome people away. I mean, th there's no doubt in my mind. But go ahead, Bill. That's at least a valid question. I I suspect that many people think that this is these are reasonable steps for in some cases, and maybe they are in some cases. But you know, to your point, over the last few years, we've learned, been forced to learn, that you have to look for the cracks in the uh, you know in seams that permit the wrong things to be done. And this, yeah. this bill, um, and still does, it's been amended, but it still has a number of things in it that seem uncalled for, perhaps unwise. Um, it, it had a uh, substitute bill that um, uh, as of yesterday was still not up on the Georgia um, General Assembly site. Um, the uh, Georgia record was able to obtain a, a copy of what we believe was the bill that was read in hearing on Wednesday. And they still had in immunity for the organizations doing business under the bill. You know, why would an, why would an organization need crimi full criminal and civil liability? Yeah, why, sure, would, sure. why would some of the data that the bill covers be immune uh, and un, you know, unavailable for subpoenas or uh, discovery in court cases? You well, would I mean, the look, court at, look at what happened. Look, sorry, look at what happened in New York where they were putting people, you know, back in these old folks homes uh, to their yeah. deaths i mean and yeah. that was criminal so if they had liability then that would you know and something like that and any kind of lockdown or crackdown i mean that that yeah. serves no purpose yeah good example good example so um as we said good progress here um elsewhere in the legislature there's been some other surprises uh, virtually none so far of the election related bills have passed um uh, that's a bit surprising given the uproar over the last two years since uh, the 2020 election. You think that you would think that, you know, legislators that see a see smoke and potentially a fire would do something to put it out. Strikes me yeah. as a bit bit surprising that 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 work remains largely undone or unaddressed. Um, we're hoping that um, one last bill that would, uh, for example, uh, preclude the use of outside certain outside funds like what people refer to today as Zuckerbucks without, um, were um, spent around the state without oversight last time, they would uh, remove those. Um, that hopefully might still pass. We're, uh, we're calling on the legislators to look at that and mm -hmm. take it seriously. And, you know, let's not let others outside the, the state have undue influence over our operations. Seems unwise. So what else does, do Georgia citizens need to be thinking about and watching for and, and working on, in your opinion, Bill? So, again, getting more people, getting your neighbors. If you're aware, get your neighbors aware, mm -hmm. um, because it's all about, I think, as we go forward, having people mm -hmm. sticking their nose in where it's uncomfortable and other people don't want to answer questions. So just yeah. one, just generally get, get, uh, get off the couch and get involved. Um, near term. Um, there are uh, the um, Republican Party and uh, conservatives are going through a set of um, conventions between uh, now and uh, many of the district conven conventions will be held um, on um, April 22nd in the various uh, congressional districts around the state. Um, if you're not already involved, most counties will allow you to at least attend as a guest. Um, some may still have the ability for you to get involved in one way or another. Um, what we're hearing is uh, most of these, as we saw during the county conventions, have a substantial fraction of what I think we would call America First or um, MAGA uh, type uh, folks involved. And those seem to be driving toward a more America First focus for many of these. Uh, we, we would very much encourage that. Um, the other thing is most of the delegations, many, I would say, are now employing what are called parliamentarians. You know, these these uh, mm -hmm. conventions are run on a set of rules about how who can talk at one time and who can propose something and who can make a motion and so forth. It helps a lot for folks yeah. to know that. And so uh, the folks that have been the most successful seem to either have that expertise within their groups mm -hmm. or they bring somebody along that is an expert in parliamentary procedure and can um, both cause things to be considered or perhaps stop things from being inappropriately brought up uh, on the floor. There was one case where um, apparently uh, there was a, a group that uh, 
is reported to have called what's called an executive session, meaning a small group of them goes away and is invisible from the delegates remaining on the floor. Yeah. Um, many, many would say that's unusual to the point of inappropriate for um, a full convention. Again, we'll, we'll uh, defer to the views of the folks that are expert on this, but a parliamentarian in attendance at one of these things can help keep things on course. And uh, in my mind, I think it's a potentially a good step for uh, delegates and groups of delegates going to these conventions to consider. Um, yeah, I've had experience with that down in Miami where there, you know, re resolutions are passed. Uh, for instance, one was uh, attendance, excuses for non-attendance. So if, you know, somebody has been just really a placeholder and not been to four or five, six meetings, and then all of a sudden quickly they pass, well, that's an excused absence and they don't allow someone to replace them. So you really have to know the parliamentary procedures in order to stop that kind of thing and know what you're doing. Right. The other thing is every one of the conventions has a uh, what's called a call, C-A-L-L, -L, mm -hmm. and it defines much of how the convention will run. They will also have a set of rules for the convention, and mm -hmm. um, almost every county can write their own rules. So it's very important for folks that are attending these, especially the delegates and alternates, to read those rules, understand them, and if they have a concern or question about them, um, you know, bring it up before the rules are simply adopted because they'll have to be voted on at some point, uh, usually yeah. almost the first thing during the convention. And if there's a question or you think something's wrong, that's the time to bring it up. Once they're enacted, um, they're set for the remainder of the convention. So, again, it, it helps to know the, the cadence of these things before you're in the middle of it. Bill, how do people get in touch with you? Well, um, if you simply go to um, uh, Georgia Record, uh, there's comments there. Um, mm -hmm. You can uh, you can also go to uh, Georgia Save Our State, and we have uh, both a, uh, a Facebook and a Substack that will provide additional information, um, especially useful during this last legislative session because we have a list of all the, the legislators up on uh, Georgia Save Our State, mm -hmm. and um, you know we'll be available uh, you know at any time to try to help. Um, I'm lucky enough to have direct contact with most of the counties and county leaders conservative leaders in Georgia. And uh, right now it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. There's uh, there's sure more coming in than, uh, than we can deal with every day, but, but I like it that way. It means people are getting engaged and more and more by the day. That is true. Bill, thank you. And we'll, we'll see you next week. You bet. Thanks, Todd. So before we bring on our next guest, we just had a substitution for our Colorado representative, but uh, I want to tell you that uh, everybody has graduation coming. You know, those graduates are going to need uh, stuff for their new apartment. You've got summer weddings coming, spring weddings. Uh, the bride is going to need to outfit her house. So go to MyPillow.com and check out Mike's stuff. He's got over 600 products, not just towels, not just pillows, and it's very high quality. You're not buying Chinese garbage. Go in there, use promo code CDM, get the best discounts right now. They have 80% sales, up to 80% off. So uh, get that shopping done now while you can. Use promo code CDM. With that, I'm going to bring in our next guest. Hey, Ken, I just was introduced to you via email, so I'm going to read this real quick. You are a former veteran, Ken DeGraff, uh, and U.S. Air Force pilot, and you are a Republican Colorado Correct. State Rep for House District 22 in El Paso. Thanks for coming on, Ken. Well, thanks for having me. We're uh, sorry I have to uh, hide away in one of these old phone booths that, uh, that's not meant because uh, the, uh, the, the the floor proceedings are being blasted all over the uh, the building. So I had to find some place, uh, this cone of silence, as it were. No worries. So uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, we just had a big event in Colorado Friday night, Colorado Springs, uh, focusing on our military. But I was uh, awakened during that event with a lot of people just explaining to me the tyranny that's going on in Colorado regarding gun laws and uh, or House or uh, legislative procedures. So can you tell us about that from uh, your experience? Uh, well, uh, yesterday, they uh, uh, the, the, the bills are essentially being ramrodded through in a mm -hmm. and, and we understand that they are, you know, these 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 bills that they're authorized to present are are largely uh, passed down as you know part of a uh, part of an aspirational agenda so i don't think they have a whole lot of uh, autonomy in either uh, uh, action deed or thought on these things yeah. so yeah. They, uh, they so any any so we can bring up our points and then they they have the uh, the razor sharp wit typically of saying i recommend 
you know, no, or I reckon uh, when we present an amendment to try to make it bad, they less bad. I'm sorry. They, uh, they simply say, well, I recommended no on that amendment. So very little, very little discussion. So there's no, mm-hmm. very little bipartisan. So we, you know, we've been discussing the, uh, we've been discussing the bills. And of course, you know, there's, there's a lot of material to cover when, a, a, you know, a 38 page bill is presented that, you know, is full of all kinds of little details that, you know, uh, that, that strip away individual sovereignty and it's all under the guise of well i think this will help you know this will help and you know most people think it will help you know just like the students were here the other day from east high school it's like so well have you read the bill like well yeah i've read the bills like well no you've you've probably you maybe have read the uh maybe you've read the summary if not just the title and so they think that based on the title it's going to do some good well we have the statistical evidence that it won't we have the uh you know, we uh, to, right now we're discussing Bill 170, and if, you know, of course, that mm-hmm. just like the other ones, it violates not only your Second Amendment but your uh, Fifth, Fourteenth, Sixth, and pretty much your First Amendment. So, but those are those are all for the Democrats. Those are those are uh, small roadblocks that are are, are willingly ignored because mm-hmm. uh, because they have good intentions. Is their is their feeling that those that those yeah. good intentions? So we're trying to make the point as far as like, yes, you can have the good intentions. Yes, we, we can you know discuss the issues of mental health, but paving over those issues with just more legislation instead of dealing with the root causes is, is probably is probably not going to do it. But to your maybe perhaps more specifically to your point was rule 14 was invoked last night. There was some discussion about, you know, whether we should like, well, these are the only three amendments that we're going to give you at all, period. And, and that's their prerogative. They don't mm-hmm. they don't have to accept our amendments. Now, we, we submit legitimate amendments to make the bill mm-hmm. less bad to blunt the, uh, you know, to blunt the damage against uh, Colorado and Coloradans. Um, mm-hmm. But again, they you know, they their bills are basically given to them or allowed to them to and they are in you know they're in support of the uh, the Jared Jung uh, agenda um so that that's where they're going to go so on the 14th uh, the rule 14 excuse me they said uh when they invoke rule 14 it limited debate to an hour mm-hmm. so now no more debate and at, at, at an end at the end of an hour than it was then it was done. So, so basically, at that point, now they've determined that our First Amendment right and our in our ability to, uh, you know, to not only speak freely and assemble freely, but also to petition government for our redresses, is now yeah. going to be limited to an hour because that's all that they care to hear. So it's it's really the uh, what I would say, you know, as I characterized it yesterday, the difference between a republic and a democracy is that the uh, that a republic will protect the individual from the masses well a democracy will feed them to it and the tyranny of the majority yeah it is, it is it is absolutely the tyranny of the majority the battle for democracy as marx put it so mm-hmm. they 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 again they feel like these when we bring up these constitutional uh issues um they again they they consider them minor hurdles, if not something to be uh, blithely or willingly or happily overcome that, you know, they, they feel that the, uh, the Constitution is just an impediment to their good intentions and wishful thinking. So I wanted to have somebody from Colorado on because seeing what's going on out there, and this is all about guns. I mean, they're essentially trying to make if you are involved mm-hmm. in the process of at least one of these bills, selling guns or advertising guns or anything like that you can be held liable which will obviously shut down the 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 ability to get a firearm or hurt the ability to get a firearm in colorado but i wanted to connect it to georgia this shows about georgia because it we're seeing a lot of the similar things we just defeated a mental health bill this cycle we think or this session which i think is probably a way to again shut down certain people and possibly being able to defend themselves do you see this tied to guns and mental health in colorado well, mental health is the underlying issue, and what I tell, uh, yeah. what I would consider legislation 101 is what it is, what it says it is, it ain't. Um, yeah. And that this this bill was, you know, it's positive. It's always like, well, this will save just one life. Well, swatting 
and that's effectively what this is. You have, you know, you have authorized swatting and they, you know, they've included the partisan AG in that. So uh, that opens up that door and, you know, basically have a SWAT line that any one of, you know, 15 different agencies, there's at least 15 paragraphs of uh, general categories and each one of those. And then under those, there were about 15 sub paragraphs that are so many people that they have to refer to the uh, the Colorado revised statutes in order to, you know, not just, you know, not add five more pages to the bill, but they'll present it and say, well, it's just about mental health people. And it's like, well, no, it's also about unlicensed mental health people. It's about unlicensed addiction counselors. It's about a child educator who has never met the individual, but might have had the, but had the, uh, had interaction with the students within the last six months. So, and then, and then there's about $500,000 to uh, basically to train government informants and learn and teach them how to, uh, you know, teach them how to use these, you know, these swatting, uh, the swatting, reg uh, the swatting law. And, you know, we, you know, one of the things is like well, we have we do have actual programs. I mean, you could, you know, you could, uh, you know, teach people how to use those, how to access those. But their their solution is always but to tell, add another bill. Tell us what the swatting pr program is. I mean, I was not aware of that. What what is that describing in the in the legislation? Well, it's not. It's it's the red flag laws. But the, the swatting is the swatting is where, you know, like uh, that that term. I'm. Uh, yeah, that it comes from like gamers when they'll call. Uh, yeah, on, I understand on a, what on it a, is. A gaming I mean, rival. Yeah. But yeah. but effectively, that's what's being turned in because somebody of those fifteen agencies or fifteen different or those multiple groups with fifteen subparagraphs as to who they are can initiate a red flag order, and that will put in motion, you know, in violation of the Sixth Amendment, where you don't have any you don't have any option really to uh, have anybody you know to, to represent yourself it's just a you just have a it seems like you have a tribunal of sorts it's very difficult to read but you have a you have a it, it's a very it's it well it's written in obfuscies just like everything mm -hmm. else but mm -hmm. you have um but effectively just like the maryland one that was just on on the on, in the paper and online anyways the where somebody shows up at 517 in the morning, you know, knocks on your door, demands you turn in all your guns and turn yourself over to the police. Like that, that to me is, that to me is swatting. And this, you know, they, they call this an extreme risk protection order. But, you know, after somebody initiates it, it takes two weeks. Uh, we've had multiple things of saying, well, you know, this individual has a problem and so we need a red flag. Like, well, there are other issues. There are other ways to deal with that. You could have that yeah. person, say, have a competency hearing and then they would not have the, you know, they wouldn't have the means to, you know, they they would have that taken away from them. That that, that would be a due process mechanism. Mm -hmm. This is a mechanism mm -hmm. without due process, which, of course, violates the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments. That's very interesting because the the bill that was just in Georgia, they would be able to essentially commit you to a mental hospital and treat you with psychotropic drugs if they wanted to, with two unidentified affidavits that you had no idea who it was. So, you know, people in Georgia who think, oh, this is just a good idea. People we need to deal with mental health. There's always another agenda. And that what you're saying really is essentially the same thing. I mean, they're putting you in prison without due process, essentially. Am I right? Well, they might not be putting might not be putting you in prison, but they would be removing your property. Now, another yeah. one of the bills is uh, I can't remember 168 or 169. I was just talking about SB 23-170. And mm -hmm. it's uh, we'll be talking about this one next with uh, 169. And it includes dangerous devices in in the definition of a firearm and the dangerous devices, of course, is different. The Colorado definition is slightly different than the ATF version. But it's anything that can be used by itself in can, or in conjunction with another material or device that could cause an explosion. Well, mm -hmm. you know, if you've ever heard the term improvised explosive device, you realize mm -hmm. that everything in your house and it's definitely everything in the hardware store can be used as an implemented improvised explosive device. Right. Right. So, you know, so now it becomes OK. So some we've moved you know, the 18 to 21, we're going to shift the age of majority from 18 to 21 in order to, uh, 
you know, in order to exercise unalienable rights. So we're going to alienate some unalienable rights for an additional three years and then, you know, justify it under this, you know, that, you know, the prefrontal cortex isn't fully mature until age 25. So it's, so 21 is just, you know, more of a foot in the door, arbitrary age that yeah. can be changed later on because ultimately this won't help. And so they won't say, well, that law was ineffective. We should be repeal it. They'll say, well, that well, law was ineffective, so we should strengthen it. And of course, at the same time, they're trying to get 16 year olds to vote and you can join the military and use a firearm at 18. So right. um, hypocrisy is quite stark, startling. So anything else, Ken? I mean, how can people get in touch with you and, and, and find out about what's going on in Colorado? Well, my website is uh, Ken DeGraff, D-E-G-R-A-A-F, the number four, mm -hmm. H-D, House District 22, uh, Ken DeGraff, HD22.com. That's my website. Uh, my, I can't say my, uh, my, uh, my social media game is all that stellar, but uh, Dave Williams, our new GOP uh chairman for the uh, the Colorado GOP is uh, mm -hmm. is keeping everybody apprised and doing a great uh, I think doing a great job of uh, you know keeping the voters uh, so that's that's probably going to be the fastest way to do it uh, right now mm -hmm. we're just you know we're, and we have a good team I, I, so I'm mm -hmm. not gonna blame them my my, uh, my my posting in social media is just uh, a little bit on the low side that's uh, no I get it not I get necessarily it. my skill set. Well, again, we wanted to have you on just because what's happening in other states, especially some of the petri dish states like Colorado, where they're testing and, you know, enforcing some of these agenda items uh, is going to come to Georgia eventually. So thank you for coming on, Ken, and we want to have you back down the road. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed chatting. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Now I want to bring on our good friend, Chris Gleason, who we've heard from before uh, on our information operations show on talking about Florida is not free. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, Todd, how are you? Uh, all good, busy, just flew in from Colorado last night. But uh, so you and I have had multiple discussions and I wanted to bring you on because what is happening in Florida is definitely happening in Georgia and, and we need to be aware of it. And specifically with some machine issues that you came upon and some other things with money laundering, et cetera. So can you just give us the 30,000 foot version of what you've been doing? Cause I know you're extremely busy. Yeah. Um, so we, um, I started uh, doing stuff with the campaign finance and um, we had identified a money laundering campaign finance limit evading network um, that was prevalent uh, all across the United States. However, what we found interesting was that uh, Raphael Warnock was the largest beneficiary of this wow. money laundering and uh, smurfing uh, campaign to steal the elections. Um, what's, what's a smurf, Chris? A, a smurf is uh, it's an individual that is used to launder money. So what they'll do is they'll take large, uh, large chunks of money and then they'll break them up into many, many, many small transactions, structured financial transactions to avoid detection. And those 20 bucks, 25 bucks at a time, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Five, 10, one dollar, three dollar. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it varies, but, you know, you're, you're looking at, you know, anywhere upwards of, you know, several hundred uh, donations in a year up to many, many thousands. Yeah. You had one was like 10,000, right? Or even more, right? Oh, we've got more now. Um, <laughs> we, have, we, we, uh, the top, the top, the top one exceeded 65,000 contributions. <laughs> and she was unemployed, right? Am I correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. She was unemployed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. so that is going on, um, in, in, Tell me about the lawsuit you filed. Was that included in that? Uh, it's part. It was. It's part of it. Uh, there's actually um, several lawsuits that are um, in the works right now and uh, across different states. Um, a lot of it, you know, like I said, th this is how I got into it, mm -hmm. into this piece. Um, more recently, we had found some really crazy stuff down in Lee County, Florida, with um, the machines.
And we had found that massive amounts of 100% blank ballots were being cast in, in elections. And so we, we dug into that and we noticed that it was going, it was, there was a significant anomaly pattern that needed to be investigated. So we did, we investigated it. It was going on in most of the really dirty counties here in Florida. Mm -hmm. Then I, we expanded it up into Maryland. And while we were in Maryland, we discovered um, quite a bit more things to include a bunch of misfeasance and malfeasance on the part of Runbeck. And Runbeck, you know, they have a, they certainly have a presence in Georgia. They have a presence in Maryland. They are expanding their presence now in Florida. And as we all know, they have a massive presence in Arizona. So one of the things that we found was that in Maryland, they have this software that Rumbeck produces. It's called ballot duplication software. And one of the things that they like to call it is ballot curing software. But they don't like to call it what it really is. And it's called ballot forging software. And basically what they'll do is they'll scan in a ballot that's damaged and then they alter that ballot and then they create a new paper ballot, print it and then cast it. And there's no, these, these are, this system is not certified by the EAC. It's not certified by the federal government. It's not certified by the state government, but it's in use and it connects to the internet, which we know is a big no-no. So am I to guess right that the, the high number of damaged ballots were uh, certain candidates? Um, more than likely, uh, yeah. there's no real audit trail. Yeah. And that's part of the problem. And yeah. there's no real oversight. So it's like, hey, you know, we have this software that connects to the Internet and um, alters your, your ballot. And then we create a new ballot for you. And we don't know how many of those there are. But what we do know is that there's an awful lot of blank ballots, 100% blank ballots being cast mm -hmm. all across the country. So, I mean, the suspicion is uh, that one candidate is winning. And in order to change that result, all of a sudden, 20,000 of his ballots become blank and they adjudicate them through to the other candidate or to someone else and it's done possibly over the internet real time i mean that's kind of what you're thinking yeah i mean for the most part you know yeah. um there's it's pretty insidious um you know and the way that they're doing it is through um this camp this uh nationwide um network of uh, money laundering and dark money that is being funneled into every campaign everywhere at the federal and at the state level. Mm -hmm. Wow. So tell us about Raphael Warnock. I cut you off there and I forgot to let you. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. About our so, friend in Georgia, our Georgia Senator. So our, our good, our good friend, Raphael, he um, was the greatest beneficiary of this uh, campaign finance mule and Smurf network that has been fed by all sorts of nefarious dark money interests foreign interests, uh, Soros type of interests. Um, mm -hmm. So we were, we had identified that pretty early on. That was one of the, the first things that, uh, like I said, we had first discovered. Now, what was really interesting is the other day, I was working on um, this project and I was uh, tracing um, some funds and how certain monies were being deployed. And I noticed this massive amount of contributions to Act Blue from Raphael Warnock. Hmm. And what we found was that Raphael Warnock, um, according to the FEC database, he had uh, made over 686,000 contributions to Act Blue. That's a lot. Yes. It, it worked out to be in excess of $72 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And a lot of it happened in uh, December of last year. Hmm. So 
in money laundering networks, typically, you know, the money comes in, it gets layered, it gets dispersed, uh, money and revenue is generated from it, it's cleaned, and then it usually ends up making its way back to the original, the original recipients. And that's what it appears that we have seen with this Raphael Warnock, uh, massive amounts of transfers to AgBlue. Now, we don't have all the facts yet, but we are investigating it and we are looking at it with uh, great detail at this point. Well, so the question is, why wouldn't he, if he was going to send 72 million, why not just write one check or two or five or 10 instead of 600,000 transactions, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, it, it just, when, like I, uh, like I said, when these money laundering networks occur, um, a lot of uh, transactions occur mm -hmm. and somebody makes money off of every single one of those transactions Yeah, with transaction fees and whatnot. Yeah, sure. Wow. Very interesting. Chris, uh, what, what's, uh, how is this impacting the Southern states? Are the, are, are you going to get into Georgia and Florida with the lawsuits or do you think? Yes. Or? Yes. Okay. That is our intention. Yes. We're trying to, we're um, positioning things to make this a, a national, a nationwide RICO case, because all of the all of the uh, predicate acts required for RICO and money laundering are here, and this is a giant, vast criminal enterprise that we need to stop if we are to uh, take back our nation from these uh, enemies, foreign and domestic. For sure. Chris, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks well, a lot, John. Oh, let me ask you, how can people get in touch with you real quick? Um, they can get in touch with me um, via a uh, uh, via by um, Proton email. Mm -hmm. And that is immutabletruth at protonmail.com. All right, Chris. Thanks for coming on. We'll have you back, I'm sure. This is right. not anywhere close to being over. Take care. Oh, no. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks for uh, supporting us on the Georgia 24 show today. Um, please check out our no ad subscriptions. Check out the event we did in in uh, Colorado. You can go to armedforces.press forward slash event and get the live stream. It's incredible. Uh, you, you will be shocked at the emotional testimony of Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long at Fort Rucker and what she saw or is seeing with the vaccine injuries among the pilots, student pilots, and others uh, at that location, at that uh, military installation. Uh, Sasha Latiapova spoke about the DOD control of the vaccines. Dr. Ryan Cole uh, went into the consequences of the vaccines. We had uh, pilots talking about lawsuits against United Airlines. Uh, Dr. Ron Scott from STARS, who went into the CRT and gender ideology uh, impact and agenda and attack on our military with Marxist ideology. Tig Teigen, who was at Benghazi, talked about being left behind. Uh, the head of GOP uh, in El Paso County, uh, Vicki Tonkins, went into what's going on in locally. So it was a fantastic event. The feedback's been overwhelming. Please check it out, armedforces.press forward slash event. Get the live stream, watch it, have an event. And uh, thank you for joining us on The 24 Show. Uh, we'll see you next week.